Hey friends, welcome back to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. So today I am doing a solo episode and I want to dive into a topic that I honestly wasn't super aware of until last week uh, when it kind of hit me all at once and became a really hot topic over on my Instagram page. You might have seen the post uh, and maybe in, engaged on that post. Uh, there was more than I could say on Instagram. And I thought it would be a really good topic for this podcast, not only because it's interesting, it's informative, it's timely, but it's also really important because I'm seeing an issue affect our homestead community a lot more lately. And it's, it's concerning me a little bit. And I wanted to kind of break that down and discuss it. So there's two parts to this episode. The first part, I want to talk about uh, the egg shortage or these crazy egg prices that everyone's talking about. It feels like the whole internet, of course, my internet is skewed towards homestead-minded people, but my circles are talking about these egg issues. I saw this hilarious Instagram reel um, yesterday where it was, what did it say? Egg, um, egg dealers. And it had a husband and a wife and they had on like fur coats and sunglasses and they were in their kitchen you know, mimicking like weighing out drugs, but they were weighing their eggs and it was hilarious um, because eggs are real pricey right now. And so um, I wanted to address that because there's a lot of buzz and I think a lot of misinformation floating around on that. And then in the second half of this episode, I want to dive into this phenomenon I see occurring and why it's concerning me a little bit in our homestead world. So, okay, first things first, a little background on how this whole topic came into my uh, view. So last week I was surfing on Twitter and I came across this tweet from someone, I don't know who, who it was. It's not, not a big account, but they were talking about how their chickens are laying fewer eggs this year than last year. And they listed off, I, I can't remember the quote or the tweet exactly, but they listed off several different um, things they noticed, factors that they thought were playing a role. And kind of their ultimate conclusion was one of, I think um, that this is part of a bigger plot to undermine our food security. And a lot of the comments were echoing that sentiment. And so I kind of chuckled at it because if you've raised chickens for any amount of time, you know that all chickens stop laying this time of year. It's really normal. It's part of the cycle of eggs. Um, and I kind of thought it was just a isolated thought. And I went on my Instagram stories later that day and I was like, guys, I was kind of being silly tongue in cheek. And I'm like, guys, you know, if your backyard chickens aren't laying right now, it's not a conspiracy. Like not everything's a conspiracy. Well, surprisingly, uh, I got a lot of pushback for that statement. I got a lot of people um, saying, no, actually, I think it is a conspiracy. And so I had some interesting conversations with folks and then I um, decided to post it because I, I wanted to continue that conversation. And wow, that post on my wall really blew up. And a lot of the comments were very interesting and very surprising. And if you want to go down a deep rabbit hole, you can go check those out. Um, it might make your head hurt a little bit at the end of it. But what I discovered is there is a, a decent number of folks who are um, who seem to be thinking that their chickens are laying less this year than years previously, and that it's the government's fault. So I wanted to talk a little bit about why chickens don't lay in the wintertime. And I'm not negating, because some people were accusing me of negating others' experiences. I'm not negating your experience if you have chickens who are laying fewer eggs. I feel like that is a very plausible thing that could be happening. Um, 
very, very normal, actually, that your chickens are laying fewer eggs. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the natural uh, reasons that could be happening and bring some light to this issue. Because for um, all the weird comments I had, I actually had, actually had a number of people saying, thank you for talking about this, because I just got chickens and I didn't know this is how it worked. So let's talk about this for a second. So first of all, like I stated a minute ago, eggs are a seasonal food. Milk is a seasonal food. Even some of our meats are seasonal. We just don't know that because we're so used to grocery store availability. And so when daylight hours decrease, which happens, of course, every year, as we get closer to the solstice, um, the chickens will stop laying. I think, don't quote me on this, I'd have to look it back up. I think it's like 14 hours of daylight they need roughly to be really productive, at least a minimum, right? And so this is normal. Birds in the wild do this. Um, our domesticated birds do this. Sometimes as homesteaders or flocksters, we can override this by putting supplemental light in a coop. I've done that before. You can use a regular light bulb and you can put it on a timer. I don't think it's really cool to leave a light on 24 hours a day because it really messes up their circadian rhythm, but you could totally put a timer and add a couple extra hours of light in the morning or the evening. People do that. It can get a little controversial. Some people think it's forcing production on the animal that's not naturally needing production during that phase. I don't know. You guys can, can duke that out, decide what's best for you, but that is a possibility. Now, one thing that people were saying is they are like, my chickens have always laid eggs throughout the winter and this year they're not. So that was causing people to feel really suspicious. Um, so that why that possibly could be happening is if you started with pullets last year, if you had pullets last winter and pullet is just a young hen kind of in their first round, their first year of life, their first year of uh, production, they generally will lay all winter long. They just don't take the break. It's like their bodies are still just getting in the rhythm of eggs and they're just like trucking on through regardless of how much daylight there is or isn't. And so um, right now, for example, I, for our flock, I'd say uh, end of October, November, my older chickens stopped laying because we don't have supplemental light in their coop. But I have a small group of pullets that are just coming into maturity for egg laying and they've been laying like crazy. They just keep on going. That's really normal. So if last year you had more eggs and this year you didn't, I would. the first question I would ask is, um, did I have pullets last year and do I have older chickens now? Another factor, um, perhaps if your eggs, your egg production has changed throughout um, the last couple of years is, let's say you're one of the folks who got uh, your first batch of chickens during COVID. That's really common. A lot of people did that. So you had your babies in 2020 and now, you know, it's 2022, 2023, and they're getting a little older. So those life cycles are getting, they're aging, they're maybe moving out of that peak production that could be affecting how much they are laying. Another factor, there's a lot of factors here, guys. Another factor that you should consider is molting. Molting happens when the chickens, it's a normal part of the process of being a chicken, they uh, grow new feathers. So they shed old feathers and they grow new ones. And if you've ever had a molting chicken, you know they look like death warmed over. They look absolutely atrocious and scraggly and scrawny and their feathers look disgusting. But that's part of the process of them growing new feathers. And it takes a lot of protein to make a feather. And so during 
the molt, most chickens stop laying eggs because eggs require a lot of protein and they put all that protein into growing new feathers. So there'll be sometimes a period of several months where your, your flock will stop laying. Sometimes they molt one at a time, sometimes they molt all at once. So that can be a really frustrating part of chicken ownership is molting and no eggs. Um, another thing to consider, another factor is that weather can play a role. You know, we had this insane cold snap over Christmas. I think most of the country did. Chickens aren't going to lay. When they're stressed by cold or there's these big weather changes, they're putting all those reserves to just staying warm and just kind of surviving. So I know a lot of the country has had very um, unusual weather the last month or two. Extra cold, extra rainy, extra hot. I don't know. There's, it's just been a little bit unsettled. And so that could very well be affecting your flock. So there's a lot of factors when we're dealing with these natural foods, whether we're talking our grass-fed pastured meats, our raw milk or our, our milk cow milk, our eggs, like these are natural foods from animals and natural processes. And so I think it's really important that we accept the variables that come into play and be willing to roll with that. And it's not that we can't sometimes overcome some of those variables or do things to help um, some of those ups and downs of nature, but there's just a lot of differences. I think that as our culture hopefully becomes more acquainted with these natural foods, we kind of have to relearn. You know, I think about um, milk. I, I think I did a podcast episode on this maybe last year, but you know, people are often turned off by this, the taste of raw milk from cows on, on fresh spring grass. I don't think it's an offensive taste necessarily, but it tastes more animalish. It tastes more like a cow than we're used to from our grocery store milk. It's super industrial, super homogenized. And I use that, that term in more than one way. It's homogenized literally, but also figuratively. Everything's the same. It tastes the same across the board, no matter where you go. All the milk is the same. That's not really, that's, it's, it's really abnormal if you think about it, because nature has so many variables and your cow's milk will depend on its breed and what it's eating and what time of year it is. And if they just freshened or if they're, um, you know, eating grain or if they're stressed out or there's just so many variables. And that's one of the beautiful parts of eating these natural foods is that we can adjust to the changes, but we have to accept those changes. Nature is not standardized. And as humans, we've tried over the decades to standardize it. And we see that in our factory farming and our monocultures. Um, and it kind of sort of works to a point, but if we're trying to move away from that, then we, we know that it's, there's going to be stuff that we can't control and things that maybe don't always make sense. Um, so that's my spiel about eggs. I don't believe, and this made some people very angry. And I think some people were very disappointed in me for saying this. Um, I don't believe the government is tampering with our backyard flocks and causing them to lay fewer eggs in the winter of 2022. And I'm sorry if that disappoints you that I have that viewpoint, but that is my viewpoint just with the data in front of me and thinking about just kind of the common sense approach to natural food. Um, it just makes far more sense to me that there's other variables than the government somehow, I don't even know, people would, I, I tried to get folks to explain to me like how we could, how the government is doing this and I couldn't get an answer, but I'm just like, it, it feels to me a little bit silly to jump to that conclusion when there's like 20 options in front of us of what would be causing flocks to lay fewer eggs. Now, that being said, um, cause I did have, I had a number of people say, well, me and all my friends are noticing we have fewer eggs than last year. And so if that's the case, I haven't done enough data research, 
you know, asking around, talking to people, surveying the crowd to know how, you know, the numbers would stack up definitively. But let's say that is the case. Let's say across the board, backyard chickens are laying fewer eggs from climate to climate, from state to state. Perhaps one variable that could be causing that would be the feed. And I had a few people mention this, and I think it's possible. I have no information to back it up yet, and I couldn't get anyone to offer any really definitive proof. But I think it's a possibility. And what might be happening, if you're noticing this, is that we have such wonky supply chains right now. Prices are up. Things are out. Um, it's hard to find things. You guys know it. I mean, everyone has experienced that in the last couple of years. And the companies who make products that we use, including feed companies, are dealing with the same problems. I wonder if perhaps some feed manufacturers could be decreasing the protein in their feed or swapping out different ingredients in their feed. I don't think they're doing it with nefarious intent per se. I think they're more doing it to stay in business, right? And keep their profit margins at a place where they can operate. I think that's far more likely. And I would be very interested to potentially test some different feeds to see if they've changed year over year. I haven't identified any particular brand names or any companies that people are suspecting yet, but I think that would be interesting. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the potting soil drama that I discovered, experienced this last summer. You guys probably maybe remember the episode on that where I noticed the potting soil was killing all my plants. It was very definitive. It was very obvious. And so we, when we started to test the soil, and I did that, I paid my own money to go test these soils, we discovered that the nitrogen content in those soils was super duper low. Um, and we reached out to the companies, we talked to the companies, we're like, oh, we're not doing it on purpose. We didn't, we didn't really change anything, but something had changed. And what I what we kind of concluded was it's hard to find nitrogen-based materials right now. They cost more. That's trickier. And so we think some of the companies were just changing formulations a bit to try to stay in business. It wasn't great for us as the end consumer. I don't think they were trying to do it to hurt us. I don't think they were trying to do it to cause all home gardeners to fail <laughs> across the board. Um, but I think it was a product of living in a time where supplies are weird and hard to come by and expensive and things are out of stock and supply chains are broken. So I suspect that if there is something going on with our chicken feed, it's that same dynamic where manufacturers are just trying to cut costs and swap out ingredients or change things just enough to stay in business. And then it's affecting the flocks in the process. Now, that being said, I think we have to be really careful when we're collecting information to pay attention to how much is, you know, kind of hearsay and what's influencing us that way and what's actually factual. So I had a whole bunch of people say, well, everybody I know, their chickens are laying less. But I would counter that with, I had dozens and dozens of people inbox me and say, my chickens are actually laying more this year. And I would say, personally, I had a dry spell with my older chickens from October-ish to December. And now they picked up, like I went from one egg a day to my crock is filling up on the counter. And that's my older hens, not my pullets. I haven't changed my feed. I haven't changed anything. The only things that have changed is we passed the winter solstice and um, the cold, the extreme cold snap that passed us. We might have another one later. I don't know. But the, the big first cold snap is gone. But we're getting a lot more eggs. So 
for as many, and I, I told this to several people, for as many people who are like, oh my gosh, everyone I know their chickens are laying less. I'm like, well, everyone who inboxed me said their chickens are laying more. So it could go either way. And, and it's not, again, it's not to negate experiences. Is it possible that this half of the, the crowd has fewer eggs and this half has more eggs? Absolutely. That's very possible. And there could be a really um, obvious explanation for that. But I just think it's important that we work with facts when we're dissecting these problems. One other topic that came up quite a bit in this egg discussion, and I want to address it. I don't want to go into full detail here because it's a big, hairy topic. Um, a lot of people were connecting their decrease in home egg production and they were looking with suspicion at the increasing prices of eggs in stores. And the theory was, is that, um, well, I'm not really sure what the theory was. I, I think they were maybe trying to say that the government doesn't want us to eat eggs in terms of because they're hurting our, their government's affecting our personal flocks. And then they're also raising the prices of eggs in stores. It didn't quite, couldn't quite follow the logic, but there was just that, I think that over overarching sense of fear and panic over eggs because they felt like their chickens were laying fewer and the eggs in the store are really expensive right now. So when I dug into why the eggs at the store are more expensive, because I have noticed that I don't buy eggs personally, but we have to buy eggs for our soda fountain restaurant because our law does not allow us to use farm eggs, which is a whole another rant for another day. Really annoying. I would love to use farm eggs there, but we have to buy eggs and our egg prices at the restaurant have gone through the roof. So I dug into why that was happening a few months ago. Cause I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and what I discovered is um, the last year, you may be, I'm sure you heard about the avian flu that went around. A lot of commercial, like millions and millions of commercial chickens were killed or died from the flu, which because there are fewer chickens, you know, it takes a while to raise a new chicken, especially to laying age. So it's not like you can just kill off half your chickens and then eight weeks later you have a whole new batch, like it takes months to get a new chicken into circulation, we're feeling that shortage because of the decrease in, in laying commercial laying hens. That brought up a whole nother topic of conversation in the comments that I'm not going to just to address in this episode. Cause I feel like it is again, big and hairy. I know there's a lot of people who don't believe in avian flu. People told me all sorts of things that I won't repeat because I feel like they're not worth giving, um, attention to, but a lot, I know there's a, there's a large swath of the population that doesn't believe avian flu is real, but the, the point still stands is whether you believe it was real or not, or the government just killed chickens for fun. That is a thought that is being passed around on the internet that the point still stands is there was a lot of chickens that died for whatever reason, a bunch, millions of chickens died. And so we have fewer commercial hens, which makes, you know, supply and demand economic, that whole thing it makes the price of eggs go up. So just another thing to consider. I think honestly, a lot of these things are a perfect storm of factors kind of converging. The world is out of sorts right now. I mean, ever since COVID, we have just, everything's weird. We have, I've said it, you know, to say not to beat a dead horse, but the supply chain issues are a thing as a small business owner. I mean, we've dealt with paper shortages. We've dealt with ingredient shortages at the restaurant. We've dealt with dry ice shortages. We've dealt with packing material shortages. Like it's exhausting. Everything is out of whack. Every company is having a hard time finding employees, which makes everything take longer and be more clunky. So it's just, everything's out of whack right now. And I think that there's a lot of factors, maybe some are related, maybe some aren't, that are just converging to make everything feel really off. So that's my opinion. I feel like if chickens are laying less on homesteads this year, 
it might be a feed issue. It might be a weather issue. I think that the prices of groceries and stores are just crazy in general because of inflation and fuel prices, but also it doesn't help that millions of chickens were killed last year. Anyway, that brings me to my second half of this episode where I want to just talk for a minute about this trend I'm seeing in the homestead space. And I think that's always been there, but it's really, it's really becoming evident now. And it really became evident kind of, it kind of took me off guard a little bit in the comments um, of that, that egg post. Here's the thing, friends, you, you know, I love to ask hard questions. And I, especially the last few years, you've heard me, heard me talk a lot about thinking outside of the box, breaking outside of the system, um, asking those questions, being curious, making sure we're not just taking information hook, line, and sinker, like thinking for yourself, right? That is what I am all about. And you know, I am not a fan of big government overreach. I mean, I talked about that very boldly since definitely 2020 and even before that. Um, and I, I have more than once talked about the overregulation of food and cottage industries and um, things that happened, I believe, during 2020 that were going down a path that was pretty concerning, a, a very, um, yeah, a very concerning path, to say the least. So I, I'm very willing to ask those hard questions of government agencies and people in authority. That being said, I believe if we're going to ask those hard questions of those governing bodies, we also have to be willing to ask hard questions of the people that we're following or the people we're getting information from and the sources that we're spouting. Otherwise, we trade blindly following one for blindly following another, right? And that's what I'm seeing happen. And I, it, 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 it was disconcerting in some of the comments I got, um, just where people were like, when I would ask a question, they would say, I can't believe you're asking that question. I thought I, I've been following you forever. I thought you were different than that. And I kind of wanted to be like, well, different than what? You know, I ask questions and I'm going to ask questions of the CDC and I'm going to ask questions of the guy on YouTube, you know, spouting off various <laughs> theories about why chickens aren't laying. Maybe the guy on YouTube's right. I'm not saying he isn't, but I'm going to ask those same questions. And I feel like that's really, really important. If you're going to ask hard questions of the government, you have to be willing to ask hard questions all the way around. And do I think that there are people in power or people who want to be in power who would prefer a populace that are not independent and self-sufficient? Yeah, I absolutely believe those people exist. And I absolutely believe that they would like nothing more than to make us very dependent. But I don't believe that every little thing that looks weird or goes wrong on our homesteads or outside of our homesteads can be contributed to those factors. And I think we have to be careful not to start seeing, you know, a devil under every rock because what happens when we do that, not only do we start living out of a place of fear and paranoia, which is just not a good place to be. We don't make good decisions out of those mind frames or those mindsets, but we also lose our credibility in the issues where there actually is a problem. There actually is nefarious intent. Um, we lose our credibility because we're starting to point out things that maybe aren't always there. So I would just invite you, um, as you absorb information from the internet and beyond, that you look at it with an objective eye, even if it's a source that is on your side. 
right? Even if it's a YouTuber that you think is really cool, or even if it's an author, you think that you agree with them, make sure you're still asking those hard questions and weighing the data and the information. And one question that I love to ask myself, and it's a hard question, uh, but I ask myself about this, all sorts of things when I have a, a stance that I'm just really holding on to. It's what sort of information would you have to have on this topic for your opinion to change? Think about it for a second. Um, it's a really valuable thought. What sort of information would you have to have on this thing that you hold so dear in order for your opinion to change? And if the answer is nothing, nothing would change my mind, period, ever, then you might be operating out of a place of dogma instead of facts. And like I said on my, my post in, my, in the comment section to someone, I, they were very angry that I used, because I, I had said, um, not everything's a conspiracy. I was kind of being silly. But they, a lot of people took offense that I was saying that not everything is a conspiracy. And I think that the word conspiracy is just a hot button word right now. There's a lot of emotion around that. Um, and I'm not saying there isn't ever conspiracies. I think there probably are. But I think that the danger is when we start to see everything as a conspiracy. If every deviation beyond normal that you see is suddenly caused by whoever is pulling the strings, right? Whoever you deem the puppet master, I think we start to drift into territory that causes us to lose um, just our ability to think critically. You know, in the last year, I've heard people say that our hot, our hot weather last year was caused by the government, that our the potting soil issues were caused by the government, that our egg issues were caused by the government, that our feed problems were caused by the government. You guys know, again, I'm not a big fan of government overreach. I think there's, there's things that happen and regulations that go into place that are ridiculous. But I also think that there's really logical explanations for some of those topics that are worth looking at. They're worth exploring. And maybe, maybe you'll look at the facts and look at the data and you'll still come out with the same conclusions. And that's awesome. Um, but we just have to be careful that we're not only ever looking at sources that confirm our viewpoint. Because that's a really natural human thing to do. We all do it. It's called confirmation bias. Very, very easy to fall into that. We look for the things that confirm what we already believe. Um, one example that is I, I love is where they say, you know, once you get a, a car, let's say you get a red Volkswagen bug, then you start to see red Volkswagen bugs everywhere. Not that they weren't there before, but you're just now starting to notice them. And I think that happens a lot on some of these topics in the homesteading world. So think for yourself. Ask good questions of all the people. Everybody, ask those good questions. Be curious. Get out of the echo chamber. Like, listen to people you disagree with. Listen to the other side sometimes. Doesn't mean you have to always agree with them, but I think it's really, really healthy to look at all the angles. And remember, what you look for, you will find. If you are operating out of a viewpoint that everyone's out to get you, then everything that happens to you, you'll see out of that lens. If you operate out of the viewpoint that everything always works out for you, then you'll see everything out of that lens and it can drastically change um, reality, right? I'm not saying there's not facts. I'm not saying there's not truth. There absolutely is. But our perspective is pretty darn powerful. So whew, I have a feeling probably some of you are annoyed at some of the things I said today, which is fine. I made uh, a lot of people frustrated, I think, um, in that post on Instagram who maybe thought I believed one way and I, they were disappointed that I didn't believe exactly like them. And 
so be it, honestly. Um, I hope that I'm here to challenge you. I hope that I'm here to help you think bigger. I'm not always right. I don't always have the answers. And I, I definitely make mistakes in what I think and what I, my viewpoints are and what I believe. But I hope far beyond all of that, that I just encourage you to think and to be curious and to ask questions of, of everything. And that's, I think, the most important thing at the end of the day. So that's what I have for you today, my little, my little soapbox, I guess. I hope your chickens are laying well. I hope they, if they haven't been laying well, I hope they start laying well. Um, and may we all just ask better questions. So thanks for being here, friends. Um, thanks for those of you who chimed in on the post on Inst Instagram. It was a great discussion and very eye-opening. So that's all I have for you today, and I'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Old Fashioned on Purpose podcast.